Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. The church doesn't need more people who need a title to validate their existence. The church needs more leaders who know how to show up with towel in hand, ready to wash feet, just like Jesus did. He says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you, this is, you know, kind of going back to James and John there, must be the slave of everyone else. You must be the servant of everybody else. If you want to be a leader in this life, first you must be a servant. In today's message from Pastor James, he teaches that Jesus always modeled what it was like to lead. Jesus taught that those who wanted to save their life would end up losing it, and those who sought to lose their life would find it. Pastor James explains that Jesus' teachings were often the exact opposite of how the world would operate. However, as his disciple, you're not of this world, you're of his. And in order to lead, you must first serve. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 10, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. had no problem going through Samaria. None at all. He, he went there often. He passed through there. He wasn't going to be like the others who go around, you know, that specific neighborhood. He was like, I'm going right through the heart of that neighborhood. And he met a Samaritan woman and led her to himself. She got saved. And then she became an evangelist and brought her whole village back to Jesus, right? And Jesus like, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few, right? That was in Samaria. That was in the, the, the area of Israel where good Jews don't go. So as they would track back and forth through there, they were coming through Samaria, and, and Jesus was getting disrespected by some of the guys. And the sons of thunder were like, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to kill these guys? He's like, no, I don't want you to do that, actually. Um, that kind of goes against the mission that I'm on. But that was their process. That was their thought process as the sons of thunder. Like, Jesus, you want us to kill these people? Because we'll do it. We'll do it. He's like, calm down. Like, no, that's not what we're here for. That's not, Peter had the same kind of mentality where he's trying to chop some dude's head off and misses and gets his ear, right? Really bad with the sword. But the sons of thunder were, they were fiery. They were passionate. They were ambitious. But it was all directed in the, in the wrong direction. It was all about themselves. It was all about them. What we're able to do for you, Jesus, And how we'll be remembered for our connection with you, Jesus. Because that's what the throne were all about for them. It was just, it was like, so books could be written about them, so to speak. So they may be remembered throughout history. This one sits on the right and this one sits on the left. And it was about, it should never be about us. And if history never remembers our names, then so be it. So be it. Who cares? Who cares? If, if no books are ever written about any of us, praise God. It's fine. You don't need anybody else to remember your name. You only want to make sure that he knows your name and that that name's written in the book of life. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. 
And your faithfulness to him in the little things, he can introduce bigger things into your life and, and praise God that he entrusts us with that. But ultimately, we're on this grand journey, this grand adventure to be reunited face-to-face with Jesus. And then a new heaven and a new earth and, and being with him and all that that entails is just, yeah, let's get there. I, we're, we're pilgrims. We're pilgrims, guys. This isn't our home. Be ambitious, have drive, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. But just make sure you know what may come because of that. Because that's the other thing that they, didn't, they weren't able to see within their own lives. They weren't able to see that with this association, it was, was going to come suffering. He tells them, as they answer quickly, uh, he says, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my, baptize, my baptism of suffering. But I have, this is New Living Translation, I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. He's like, that's not up to me. Because Jesus works in submission to God the Father. Beautiful Trinitarian dynamic here. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And each one is is always pointing towards the other one, elevating the other one. Jesus was always magnifying God the Father, always. The Holy Spirit in your life is always directing you to Jesus. It's a beautiful community, beautiful triune community, three in one, all that, all that. But Jesus says, it's not for me to say. He says, that, that's, uh, he says God has prepared those places uh, for the ones he has chosen. So it's not up to you and, and, and your efforts and all that stuff. And it, it's really not going to determine any of that stuff. God has already determined who will sit at the right and the left. So in, in one sense, he's saying, please remove that from your mind, from your thought space. What you need to do is just show up and serve. You need to serve. I love your ambition. I love your drive. But let's make sure that you're serving other people. You want to know how to be a good leader? Be a good servant. And this is totally contrary to the world's philosophy on leadership. I love reading leadership books. I love listening to leadership podcasts. And a lot of times that's church leadership leadership stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of times they have it all wrong. They take on the world's model of what leadership should look like and try to infuse that into the church. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It'll work to build big corporations. It'll, it can work to, be, to build big churches. When you want to funct- like, design it based on the world's model. But that's not what Jesus has called us to do. And big churches are fine. Got no problem with big churches. Got no problem with small churches. I love the church capital C, the body of Christ, but we cannot take from the world and try to make the church better. We should be just the church loving on the world and showing them Jesus, right? And not trying, you're never going to impress the world. There's nothing that we do in this room uh, that will ever be like, oh, that's just, we got to go to that show. The world's not, there, there are many artists that are out there that are more impressive and can do better things in, entertainment wise than what we'll ever be able to do. But our thing is not entertainment. Our thing is Jesus. And Jesus tells his guys, he's like, let me, look, you will suffer. And they would. James would be the first martyr. He would, in the book of Acts, it records the fact that he lost his life serving Jesus. 
Uh, his brother John actually lived a, a long life, lived until he was 90, but he was not spared suffering at all. They actually tried to boil this dude alive in a pot of oil, and he survived that. And then they banish him to the island of Patmos, which is a prison kind of island, and there they left him there, so maybe he would die there. He didn't even die there. And that's where he got the revelation, like revelation, the book of Revelation came to him in the midst of his suffering. That Jesus told him, oh, you're going to suffer. You will suffer. When you get to heaven, you can go to these men and say, hey, do you regret any minute of that? And they'd say, probably, they, they would say, no. Whatever suffering I went through for the sake of Jesus Christ was absolutely worth it. Actually, they, we talked about this a little bit last week. In the book of Acts, it's recorded that they celebrated that they were counted worthy to suffer because of his name. That's incredible. Eventually, the light bulb does come on and they get it, but it, that's all post-resurrection stuff. But here's, the, here's this fun little dynamic here, because the other guys are hanging on and, and they're starting to hear some of this you know, conversation. Verse 41, 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked. They were indignant, means they were mad. They were furious. Why? Because they weren't there first. Because they didn't get to ask first. That's why. That's why. They're not mad because like, oh man, how dare you guys? How dare you guys ask Jesus that question? You should be servants of all. They're not thinking like that. They're thinking, oh, why didn't I think to ask that? Where's my mom? Yeah, they're like looking around like, wait, hey, hold on. Let me send my mom in. Maybe she's more persuasive. No. It's not it. But they get mad. They're indignant. Verse 42, so Jesus called them together, all his group. Again, another powwow with Jesus, right? On this journey to Jerusalem, he's got to pull the car over many times to say, all right, can you please look at me and focus, right? That's not me to you. That's Jesus to his disciples, unless it applies here. It's, you're, now you're having flashbacks of like your mom raising you, right? Like You're like, oh, okay. We have counseling available for you if you need it uh, on this Mother's Day. No, he's like, look, fellas, you think it's going to be like this, that I'm going to overthrow the Roman government and that I'm going to establish my kingdom right now and that you guys are going to get elevated to these top positions in authority. That's not what's going to happen. And he wants to drill down into their hearts and their minds this beautiful lesson of True biblical leadership, which I would encourage you, is the best kind of leadership. He calls them together and he says, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over the people. Meaning this, those who are in positions of authority will go out of their way to make sure you know that they are the boss. And there's a ton of insecurity wrapped up in that. Right? The more you have to tell somebody you're the boss, probably the more insecure you are. Right? They lord it over them. It says the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But, however, among you, and this you, he's speaking to his followers, which would also include you and myself and the church, but you. Anybody who belongs to Jesus Christ, it will be different. 
it will be different. And any, let me make a bold statement here. Any church that functions differently than this statement is out of line. It's out of line biblically. Jesus says, the world lords over the people. The people in position and authority, they make sure you know that you see that name badge and that title that they have. And they will let you know that, no, no, you are not better than me. You are beneath me. Because of my title and who I am, I'm above you. And so there's certain things I don't do because that's beneath me. Jesus says, in my church, if you're my follower, it will not be like that. That is not how it goes. Now, there is authority and all that good stuff within church and all that stuff and, and pastors, shepherd, and there, there's, a, there's a sense of authority that comes along with that. But the term pastor or shepherd is, is really just the under rower of the vessel. You're on the bottom of the boat, rowing, just rowing along. And yeah, you, I, I have a certain role here within this, this church to lead and, and make decisions and all that good stuff, but there is nothing below me, nothing at all. Nothing at all. If it's time to clean toilets, let's clean toilets. If it's time to go do this, then let's go do that. that. Being a pastor doesn't give me certain rights and privileges and I'm over people. And that's nonsense. Being a pastor means that I'm a servant of all. That's just who I am. That's the title that God had placed on me to serve. And we see it here as he tells us, guys, he's like, you will not be like the world. You will not be like the world. You will serve. You will serve. And that's where I think sometimes within, you know, leadership, and I, again, I love leadership type stuff, but I think when, when the church tries to use the world's model within the church, and there's wisdom behind some of that and all that good stuff, but man, I bet there's a handful of people in this room today, you've been burned by churches because you probably had somebody who it went to their head that they're over you. And that's sad. That's tragic. That's not what Jesus was talking about. That was never his intention. That was never his goal. But guess what? You're dealing with men. You're dealing with humanity. Don't ever elevate anybody who stands behind this pulpit or on any other stage because we're just human beings. And we will, we will fall. We will, we will make mistakes. But I love Jesus' his like leadership 101 with Jesus is like, you see the world? You see how their rulers lead? Don't be like them. Don't be like them. But wait, no, Jesus, they have all the money. They have all the prestige. They have all the stuff. That's not what your life's about. That's not why you're here. That's not why you're here. You don't flaunt it over people. You don't rub it into their you know, face how great you are and all that good stuff. He's like, that's not, that's not what I called you to do. He says, whoever wants to be a leader among you, and again, He's not, he's not telling me it's bad to desire leadership. He's not saying that at all. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, that's a good thing. Do you want to be a leader? Sweet. Here's how you do it is what Jesus is saying. You, if you have a desire to be a leader, that's a great thing. The church needs more leaders, but the church needs more servant leaders, The church doesn't need more people who need a title to validate their existence. 
The church needs more leaders who know how to show up with towel in hand, ready to wash feet, just like Jesus did. He says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you, this is, you know, kind of going back to James and John there, must be the slave of everyone else. You must be the servant of everybody else. For even, and here's the, the, here's the, the, the defining statement there that, that caps it all. Even the Son of Man, that's a title for Jesus, the Messiah, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus like Leadership 101. You want, to be, you want to be a leader? Excellent. Follow my example. Follow my example. He was willing to lay down his life for others. Jesus had no issue with putting other people and their needs before his own. None at all. You want to be great? Excellent. Be great. Be great like Jesus, though. Follow his example. You want to, you, you desire leadership? Sweet. Be a servant leader. Be willing to show up and do whatever he may have for you to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love, I, I love how the church can kind of facilitate that within, you know, for individuals where outside of these walls, I'm speaking metaf- metaphorically here, but I'm talking about all churches in general. Some, some jobs are seen as like, I would never do that. And it's not because I don't want to do that. It's just like, well, yeah, it would be. Like, I just, I never want to do that or whatever. That's beneath me. Like, when the, within the church, anybody who shows up and does those jobs that are beneath other people, it's just a beautiful act of worship is what it is. Like, that's, that's a leader. That's a servant leader. And we've witnessed that many years, you know, all throughout our years in serving within uh, this church and the church back in Amarillo, I saw so many people who would never call themselves a leader lead. They would never, if you ask them like, hey, you're a leader, right? And they, they would say, no, I'm not, I'm not a leader at all. I just show up and I just do my thing. I just show up and I, don't, I give my time and, you know, whatever area of ministry it was at or who, other going and ministering to other people, they would never define themselves as a leader. But watching them live their lives out I have a whole different list of leaders that I admire that looks completely different than maybe what the world would have. You know, give me, give me these people who show up, and, and they don't care if anybody notices them or not. They just show up and they do, what, they do what, really what they feel like the Lord wants them to do. And they do it with joy. That's a leader. I'll put that person's name down on a leader I want to be like. I know that there are other leaders within the church who have the title of leaders, but they're not leaders because they're not willing to serve anybody. They're not on my list. Give me, the, give me some of these other ones who just show up and you'll never know their names. They'll never be famous. They'll never be known besides probably their family and close church members. Those are the leaders I look up to. Those are the ones I admire. That's who I want to be like. The servant leader, who just like Jesus says here, is like, man, just be like me. A couple of days later from this story, 
it'll be a Thursday night where they're having this meal together and Jesus gets up and he takes on the, the physical form of a servant and he washes everybody's feet, even Judas's feet. He washes all their feet. And there, Peter gets angry with Jesus. It's like, you can't do this. What are you doing? No, let me wash your feet. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm setting an example for you, Peter. I already told you guys this, but I know, I know you guys don't get it when I tell you stuff, right? Moms, you're like, yeah, yeah, praise God for that. We get it, right? Again, Jesus understands you. He gets you, right? But he practically, he demonstrated this is what a leader looks like. This is what a leader looks like. We have to, we have to function like that as Christians. You've got to be willing to show up and, and serve and go to the ones that nobody else is going to and minister in ways that nobody else is doing this stuff. Why? Because it's beneath them. Well, okay, then that means it's perfect for me. And then it's perfect for me. And, and I don't know, again, what, where the Lord has called you guys and, and what gifting he has given you and all that good stuff. All I would say is this. You just, if, you just show up. Say, here I am, right? Lord, here I am. However you want to use me, then please use me. But offer your kingdom, offer your glory. May your name be magnified. Be like John the Baptist, who was like the greatest man born to a woman. That's Jesus himself said that. John the Baptist himself said, I must decrease so that he increases. That has to be our, like, our philosophy within leadership within the church. You want to be a leader in the church? Sweet. We need you. We need you. But you've got to be willing to wash feet. And if you're not willing to wash feet, then you're not a leader. You're not. That's how you be a good leader within the body. And that's really a little, uh, little lesson from Jesus to his 12. And I would like to say that they learned that and, you know, they all tweeted it out and all that good stuff. And like, man, you know, Leadership 101 by Jesus, got it, right? Like, got my diploma. A few days later, they're going to have the same argument. Like, literally, a few days later, they argue about the same stuff. So clearly, nobody got over it. And they were still offended that they would ask to be on Jesus' right and left. Because the week he is going to be, I mean, within days, he's being surrendered over to the enemy, the disciples are fighting amongst themselves of who's the greatest. I love the Bible because that highlights people that are just like me. Where Jesus can show up in your life and drop this great truth in your life. And you're like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. And then tomorrow you forget all about it. And you start arguing about the same thing. And then he's like, oh, okay, just get back into my word. Please read the Bible, right? <laughs> we got a long way to go, guys. We have a long way to go. But praise God that Jesus is with you like he was with the disciples every step of the way. Every step of the way. Show up. Make yourself available to Jesus. Serve. Serve. You know, if, you gotta, if this isn't your home church, then find your home church. Serve within your home church. Serve within your neighborhood. Serve within your community. Serve within your cities. Right? Represent Jesus. Be willing to show up and wash feet. People will notice that. They'll think you're crazy. But then you tell them about Jesus, and you're like, yeah, I am crazy. I'm crazy for the one who's crazy about me.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle as he teaches through the book of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' time here on earth. Though it's short, this book is powerful as it's filled with encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday people just like you and me. And the book of Mark reminds us that Jesus came to serve. He humbly did what needed to be done, even if it wasn't glamorous. Jesus healed the people who were sick. He spent time with the lonely and the rejected. He loved the unloved unconditionally. And then he proved his love by the ultimate act of service. He gave up his life for all of us. He took the place of every person on the earth, and then those to come, because we all deserve death. Our sins make us unacceptable to God, and we're unable to do anything to fix it. That's why we need Jesus. Today, if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your Savior, please consider it again. If you have questions or would you like to talk more with someone, then please take a moment and go to breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. Just fill out the form and we'll be in touch with you. You can also come visit us if you're in the Galveston area. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we meet every Sunday and Thursday. So find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off in the book of Mark. So make a note of where we are and make plans to join us next time, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.